Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. This show is all about life transformations and our journey from where we were to why we are doing what we are doing today. We will discuss the hiccups, the roller coasters, and the blood, sweat, and tears that has been poured out while discovering our purpose. It is all about our transformation. Here is your host, Sean Douglas. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the last, last episode, episode of, of Season 3 on Life Transformation Radio. It has been an amazing year. I want to thank you before I begin to all of the listeners that has supported Life Transformation Radio throughout the whole entire year of 2019. It has been an absolute incredible ride, 134 episodes. So I just want to thank everybody for their time, support, their love, and uh, excited to see where Life Transformation Radio goes in the next couple of years and however long we do the show. And it uh, doesn't seem like there's any signs of stopping anytime soon. So with that, I am honored and proud to deliver you the last episode, episode 134 of season three, which takes us to about 316 episodes of Life Transformation Radio. So once again, I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx speaker, business positioning strategist, and international best-selling author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 74 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here is where we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing, highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I ask that you join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community. You can interact with the guests, interact with me and the other um, guests that come on the show. And never miss an episode by subscribing wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Life Transformation Radio can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn. Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, the Himalaya app, Google Play Music app. And now we are available on Pandora. Super pumped that we're now available on Pandora. So on the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, and amazing human beings that are impacting the world them. If anything resonated with you today, please send us a message. Let us know your favorite episode of 2019. You could also dial in at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, I want to welcome the listeners and I want to welcome my guest for today super pumped to have him on the show my guest high performance coach david wood david welcome to life transformation radio 
Thank you, Sean. Happy to be here. Man, I am pumped. I was reading your bio. I was doing some research on you. I love everything that you're doing, man. And you just crush it. If anybody is crushing it, it is this guy right here. Just looking at his social media content, looking at what he's putting out to the world, the YouTube channel, everything you got going on. It is just absolutely incredible, man. Well, I like your enthusiasm. I think I should hang out with you more often. <laughs> I was trying to title the show. I'm like, do I do play for real or do I do tough conversations? But I really chose tough conversations as the title of this episode because in 2019, I rebranded my show from being an interview based show to literally being a conversational based program. And there's a lot of podcasts that the host doesn't really give a lot of feedback. The, the, the guests will say something great, and the host goes, oh, yeah, uh-huh, yep, awesome, uh-huh. And then they go and ask another question. The guest gives some amazing insight, and the host goes, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, great, that's awesome. And then just, that's, that's the show. Here, it's just a conversation. It's like we're sitting in a bar. We're sitting on a park bench. We're literally having a conversation. So that's, yeah, what, I, that's uh-huh. what I branded yeah. this show. And so I chose Tough Conversations because that's what your YouTube channel is all about. That's what you're all about is having those tough conversations. Yeah, I you know, it's tricky with any business. You got a brand and you got to pick a lane. I what I really want for people is that on their deathbed they can say I gave it everything. I gave it mm-hmm. everything in life and work. I have zero regrets. And so that's how I came up with play for real. But when I looked deeper into how do you play for real? How do you live the best life possible? I found that more truth, more daring and more caring were the avenues that I've found to have a better life and tough conversations is all about those three things. So they're kind of a doorway to us getting great results, deeper connection and to living the best life we can. Yeah, but we have, we have difficult conversations every day. We have tough conversations. You know, the sex talk with your children. Um, if there's a death in the family and you have a small child, you know, our dog recently passed away back in September and our kids were devastated. Our two-year-old doesn't really know. Our five-year-old's like, where's the dog? Like, oh, that, that's a conversation that we kind of have to have, right? Yeah. Uh, conversations about divorce. Conversations about a miscarriage. Conversations about suicide. I mean, there's so many tough conversations in this lifetime that we will have. Uh, well, that's I just true. need to highlight them. That's true. There are some conversations that are just kind of of like we're driving along the road. They're sitting right in the middle of the road and we have to have them. My concern is more about the ones we're avoiding, the ones we don't even know that are sitting there ready to happen. All we know is we don't like that person or we're a bit annoyed with that or we wish our job was better and we haven't even realized, wait a minute, there's a tough conversation here and I could actually change things for the better. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's, there are some of those tough conversations. You know, you got to sit somebody down and be like, I really don't want to bring this up, but yes, that, here's that's this. a good way to start it. I really don't want to bring this up, but I think it'd be better for both of us if I did. Yeah. There's tough conversations that happen in marriage too. What I used to do is go, you wife do this and you do this. And, you, and I would just feel like she'd feel like I was attacking her. But what I really wanted to come across was that I, you're doing things that I don't you're behaving in a way that I don't like. And I learned that I have to say, like, I feel like this is happening or it's my interpretation or this is how I feel when you do things. 
and now, uh, like she said something, I don't know, a couple of days ago, uh, she had said something. I was like, wow. I was like, I, I really took that in, in this way. And that does not feel good. That does not feel good at all. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that I didn't even realize that, that it came across that way. You know, I didn't mean it that way. I'm like, I really feel like, I don't know if it was meant that way, but it, that really hurt. Like that was something that it wasn't like call me a name or anything. It's just something she said. And I was like, I wouldn't even joke about that. Like that, that, that really, for me, how you, how you said it, the, the way it came across, um, that kind of really hurt me. And she's like, oh my gosh, well, I really I'm, I'm like, so sorry. I really like how you said that because one of the mistakes people can make in a tough conversation is making universal truths, universal statements. Like you left the house a mess or you spoke uh, rudely to me last night, something like that that's talking about something out there in the world that's a fact. But if you, if you own your own experience, which, which you did in your language there, and you talk about yourself and say, you know, when you said this, this is how I felt. No one can argue with that. So yeah. it's actually speaking inarguably, and you're going to get further if you do that. And one, one word that I learned from, from one of my partners was the word ouch, just to say okay. ouch. And that, that's basically what you said. You said that that hurt. When you said that, uh, I felt hurt. That's ouch, letting someone know, all right, that stings. And I just think it's too rare in our society that mm-hmm. we just say that. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I want to bring the listeners into a little more of your world. So the conversations that, that, that we have um, on this show, uh, it's going to be perfect for, for you, Dave. It's going to be, I mean, this is going to be normal stuff for you. Uh, you know, we have difficult conversations on the show. We have conversations that transform lives. And that's the topic we're going to cover today is the tough conversations. He is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies, including Sony Music, Chanel, Exxon, you know, David left his Cushy Park Avenue job 20 years ago to build the world's largest coaching business. He became number one on Google for life coaching, serving an audience of 150,000 coaches and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. Alongside his clients' successes, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself, having survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, anxiety and depression, and, an, an, and a national gong show. He is the author of Get Paid for Who You Are, with forward by Jack Canfield. He was nominated to the Transformational Leadership Council alongside thought leaders as Don Miguel Ruiz, John Gray, and presidential candidate Marianne Williamson. David believes that the tough conversations we avoid are our doorways to confidence, success, and love. They become the defining moments which shape our careers, our relationships, and our lives. He coaches high-performing entrepreneurs, executives, and teams, and now inmates to create amazing results and deep connection, one tough conversation at a time. There's a link right here, www.playforreal.life. If you go to playforreal.life, you can take the five-minute life assessment. Again, five minutes. Take that life assessment and then send David a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, wherever you want to connect with him. And let him know that you heard his episode of Life Transformation Radio. David, I am dying to know, man, after reading that and having a conversation with you, 
What is your why for what you do? Well, my life hasn't always been easy. And when, uh, as you read in the bio, when I was seven, I, I watched my little sister die in a traffic accident. And I didn't know that that had an impact on my life. I'm just, I'm just a seven-year-old kid. But as I got older, um, say around in my 20s, I started to realize that I was, I was good at numbers and systems and results and consulting and all of that. But I was missing emotional intelligence. I was missing personal growth and transformation. I was cynical. I didn't even think that that was a real thing. And I was fortunate enough to stumble on a personal growth course. And in that, I found myself coaching other people. I'm like, wait, wait. now I got to bring my systems um, skills into it. And I'm like, why don't you try that? And why don't you try that? And I changed someone's life overnight. So, uh, and my own. I get to, got to change my, my own life took longer to change, but I realized there's so much possible. We can have amazing business results and a great career, but let's also have deep connection. Let's also have authenticity and truth. Let's also have bravery and daring. And oh. as I've discovered those things in my own life, I've been really happy to be able to share those with others mm-hmm. and help them uh, walk the same or similar path. So I think that's my why. It didn't start easy and I missed a lot for so many years. And as I discovered how life could get better and better, it's a joy for me to, to share it with others. I uh, absolutely love that, man. Uh, I've got two sisters myself. I've got a couple uh, half-sisters. Uh, I, I, I can't even imagine, even as a seven-year-old boy, uh, number one, being in a car uh, and number two, losing a sibling, I, ju- I can't even imagine what what that was like. So, um, wow. Yeah. That's tough. The other, the other thing that I think had an impact, as I've been talking to people about tough conversations and um, being self-expressed, which never seemed like a real thing to me. I was like, what do I care about self-expression? But when you haven't had it for 20, 30 years and then you discover it, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. When I was in school... Uh, I didn't know how to stand up to bullies. And um, ironically, I was senior belt of my karate class, but I always backed down in a, in a fight and always felt smaller and, and unhappy with myself for doing that. And I also mm-hmm. didn't know how to talk to girls. And those were real pain points for me. So as I got older and I learned how to communicate, I learned how to stand up for myself and have dignity, and I learned how to speak to women, I think I discovered the value of self-expression and, again, authenticity. And I want that for everybody. I want them to be able to say what's important to them, whether or not they get the result they want. That's a wonderful bonus. But let you be you. You're going to like yourself more and feel better about your life and on your deathbed, I believe you'll go, all right, that was great. I express myself, uh, you know, say 90% in my life instead of saying, I wish I'd spoken up more. Yeah. I mean, bullying is another difficult conversation to have, you know, where my son was actually bullied and we ended up taking him out of school and homeschooling him. And we had many conversations with the teacher. And, and, and this is literally, this is the response I got. 
from a teacher. I was like, hey, my son is being bullied in your classroom. Well, I mean, they're not really bullying him. I mean, they might poke fun at him, but I mean, come on. Like, he needs to have tough skin. Uh, yeah, no, I get that. But my son is also telling me that he doesn't appreciate that type of behavior. And my son is not wrong. Um, but my son will will tell that kid what he thinks of that kid, you know, and he better not get in trouble for it. Well, sometime later, he had enough and said something to the kid or whatever. And they're like, you don't talk like that. And like wanted to suspend him. I was like, didn't I tell you? That my son is only going to put up with so much before he snaps on his kid. And they were just like, well, I mean, I can't control every kid. Uh, you're the teacher. Like, you're the teacher. You're supposed to control all of the children's behavior. But, that sounds uh, like a that... tough conversation, all right. And yeah. and also, you know, you brought this up before about having – talking to your, your kids about the dog that's gone. I think kids are a great place to have tough conversations. Um, it's like, how do I connect with this human and talk about something that could be upsetting for them, could be upsetting for me. And something that uh, I think there's a lost opportunity. Often you sound like someone who, who has a lot of tough conversations with your kid. Uh, I've met a lot of parents and coach parents who avoid some conversations with, with their kid um, either because they think the kid couldn't handle it mm-hmm. or which might be true in some cases, but I think in a lot of cases, kids can surprise you or they're just not sure how to have it. They don't know how, like I I spoke to one woman, her kid was, um, she didn't want to mention sex in front of a kid. A kid's only like, you know, six or seven, right? So that's fair enough. But her kid is, uh, you know, grabbing girls in inappropriate places at school. Oh no! And she just doesn't want to have the conversation because she doesn't want him oh, to know God. about men and women and uh, body parts and what's appropriate and what isn't. And it's frustrating for me. I'm like, I could help you to sit down and have a, a tough conversation with your kid just so that he learns, all right, this is what people expect in life. And it's not like we're saying this is wrong and this is right. But if you do this, it's not going to go well. If you do this, it'll go better. Like, I'm biased. I'm like, let's have the conversations. <laughs> let's not wait for him to bite you on the ass. Right. I like it. You're like, I'm biased. We got to do it. <laughs> I am biased. I love it. Like, I, I'm not I a parent, it. but I tell you what, I, I, I really like, I've been with parents and kids and I've, I've kind of checked in with a parent. Like, can I go there with, you know, here, can I talk about this? Like drugs have come up or I've been asked a question yeah. and I want to answer it directly. Can I go there? And it's been amazing when I've had a parent who trusts me enough and says, yeah, like one, one parent, her kid, uh, her kid's teacher had just been arrested for sexual, sexual abuse. And Holy no way. yeah. And the kid, you know, the kid's like say 11 or 12 and didn't know what was going on. And I just looked at her and I'm like, can may I? And it was just such a privilege that she said, yeah, go for it. And we, we talked to him about, um, what's appropriate and what's not and what can hurt people. And we're saying, we, we're not saying that anything happened here. Um, we don't know what happened, but just in case sure. we want everyone to be safe and, um, you know, we're sending love to the teacher, love to the kids. And it was a really amazing experience. And I understand why most people would avoid something like that because there are pitfalls, right? It's scary stuff, but yep. let's get into it. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, my son came home, I don't know, this is probably a week ago. A week ago, two weeks ago. It was right before Christmas. It was like, I think it was like middle of December. Let's say, it's, let's call it December 12th. So he comes home and he's staying the night at his friend's house, you know, and uh, he's known for some time that his friend is going to move away. Uh, they're in the military. And so he's really, really very good friend is going to move away. And uh, so we let him stay the night, you know, and he was hanging out with him all day, whatever. And we told him, I says, if, if you want to go stay the night, you have to do these three things. You literally have to do these three things. And so he did like one of the three things or whatever it was. And so then like the next morning, like that morning, we're like, you must come home now. Like it's like 8 a.m. or something like that. I'm like, come home now. You're not staying. You're not having lunch with them. You're not like you spent the night. You did your thing, but you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You need to you need to come home now. Well, he was going to go to lunch with them, and then they were going to leave in the afternoon. I said, nope, you're done. You had your time. You didn't do what you, what, what you promised you would do, and you and you said that you were going to do. You didn't keep your word, and so you're done. You have to come home now. And he comes home screaming and crying. He's like, I never get to do nothing. I was, you know, typical 16 year old boy stuff. And uh, he's like, I just wish I would die. Everybody's moving away and I don't have any friends and like all this stuff. And I was like, really? And that's a tough conversation we had to have. You know, I said, dude, how do you think I felt? I actually tried to take my life. Like, how do you think I felt? You think the world's going to be better without you? And that's a tough conversation. We immediately jumped into a tough conversation. I said, you know, I'm uniquely qualified to talk to you about this, right? Because I tried to kill myself, you know? And he's like, well, I'm like, and, and so... The backstory is he's my stepson, but his dad abandoned him when he was like five or six years old. So I pretty much raised him, um, you know, me and my wife, you know, her son. I pretty much raised him, you know, his whole life. You know, the dad's tried to come into his life and take him for a weekend. And then once we told him that, hey, man, you need to take your kid. Like, he needs to see you. He goes, well, if I take my kid, I'm going to kill us both. Uh, whoa. So then that happened. And then, uh, we did some court stuff and, you know, whatever. And the guy just doesn't do anything like never call, never, not birthday, Christmas, nothing, just never. calls. So I was like, well, how do you think I felt? Like my dad left me and my mom and two sisters to go in the military and then made another family somewhere. Like people left me all the time. I, I've been in the military for X amount of years. When I was in the military, I had to leave like all the time. Like, you're not, this isn't the hardest thing you're going to go through, dude. So we had to have that immediate com- tough conversations. He is like ugly crying, you know, because, his, because his friend's leaving. And it's one of his best friends that he's hung out with where we live for like two or three years. And it sounds um, like you've been through a lot of tough conversations yourself. And I like, um, <laughs> you know, I agree with what you said. You know, you, you, you do have the cred to talk to him about suicide and uh and depression since you've been there that's true one of the things that can make it hard to have a tough conversation with a kid or someone else is if you haven't been through it but you have and i also liked how you did it i mean you i wasn't there we don't have a recording for how you spoke to him but let's assume you spoke to him the way you just said it on the radio hey yeah because you didn't do what you were supposed to do i'm gonna have to bring you home um i think a lot of us think or we learn perhaps from our parents that if it's a tough conversation or we have to have to draw a line, we have to use anger. And so we draw on that. 
and we bring anger into it and like, you shouldn't have done that and you're going to come home. Whatever. But I don't think it's necessary and it's counterproductive. Right. If you can actually, one of, the, one of the things that I suggest is release the charge on the conversation before you have it. So let's say you're going to talk to your kid about something difficult or you're going to confess something to your partner or you're going to ask your boss for a raise. Talk it out with someone else. And and you can just release a lot of the charge so that then you can just be more matter of fact and just describe, yeah, I think I deserve a promotion or, hey, I broke an agreement and I want to apologize or you didn't you didn't do what you said you did. So there are consequences and I need to bring you home. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it can all be done with love. And I think that's what we're really shooting for. Yeah, no, well, I appreciate that and I appreciate the feedback. And it was just. I was like, hey, dude, you didn't do what you were supposed to. You need to come home. I was, like, but, but. I was like, no, you said that you would do this, and you didn't. And yeah. we told you that if you go, these three things need to be done. And, That's and a classic I still tough conversation three- setting a boundary. Yeah, I remember, like, hey, if you do this, this is going to happen. That's a, that's a hard conversation to have with a, with a lot of people, but a great one to have in the tool belt. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't even remember what it was. I know one of them was like dishes because he like did he like did the dishes or, or yeah he like did the dishes or whatever. But I think he I don't know probably had to like trade over his laundry because you know 16 years old he's doing his own laundry. As soon as he turned 16, I was like I'm gonna teach you how to do laundry. You need to be doing your laundry. It's like you have two years before you're an adult. Now it's time to like here's how you do laundry. Here's how you drive a car. Here's how you, like you know here's your job. So he's got a job. He's got you know he's he does stuff. But as at that moment. You know, so yeah, I mean, there's there's these times, and and I don't know. I just um, as a resilience trainer, uh, I have these these tools that I could just use. Uh, I don't like to. I don't like you know to have the conversations. You know, I, every, everybody would love to have you know a, a perfect life, but it's just it's just not what happens. So, you know, I have conversations with my five year old, you know, on on why her cartoon. You know, like my kids don't watch SpongeBob anymore because they asked way too many questions. What's that? What's that? My like, God, oh, geez. Like, we don't watch SpongeBob. But like, you know, she'll watch cartoons. So like, I have a conversation about that. I've, and, and I'm just, I'm not, I don't know, like the sex talk and everything else. I'm just, I don't know. I don't, I don't shy away from it. You know, I was like, hey, well, that goes there and this is what happens. And then this happens. And then, hey, you got babies. <laughs> like, you know, like, and, you know, my kids are all grossed out. I'm like, what? That's what happens. You know, my wife's like, you couldn't like read a book. Like the stork, I'm like I'm like a lot of the kids. Hey, look, this is what happens. This goes here, and this does this, and this does this, and this is what happens. You know, and they're well, like, I, I, think an, <laughs> I think I think you're um, you strike me as an example of of what I'm talking about or what I'm proposing that we head more in in that direction because you know it's natural to to avoid tough conversations because we might feel awkward, uh, we might get upset, the other person might get upset. Um, sometimes we want to preserve the relationship and status mm-hmm. quo and not rock the boat. But I, I, I like being around people who are willing to speak up, say, hey, that didn't quite work for me. Can we change that up? I trust them more. So I'd like to live in a world where more people are having the kind of conversations that you're having and, and just going for it, even saying, hey, I might stumble through this. And I might mess it up. Um, would you bear with me while I while I give it a shot, and then we'll work it out together? Oh, yep, I like that. Um, 
There are conversations that I'd rather not have. There are those. Uh, For example, uh, there's a place in Michigan that just found out that their son passed away. Um, And I got kids, and it's, like, really close to home. Um, Their son passed away, was found in a pond. Uh, He was out playing in the yard. Uh, for for Christmas and stuff, had family members over, whatever, and they found him God. You know, so those types of conversations about like, I, like I don't know if I had to, I'd rather not talk about that stuff. But you know, sometimes you do. Uh, I just don't think wait, I'm emotionally equipped wait, to bury you said a child. They found, how did they find the child? Uh, so he, so the, I read in the news that, that he was out playing, he ran away, or he wandered off, or they were like, hey, where's where's he at? Like, where'd he go? And uh, so they called Michigan State Police, and they were like, I can't find him. I don't know where he's at. Family members, you know, the, the, the other cousins and stuff that were outside were like, I don't know where he went. He was just here. I don't know where he went. Everybody was searching, frantically searching. And um, I don't know, sometime later, a couple hours later, um, there's a pond, like, away from the house. And I guess they found him, like, in the pond, according to the news article. Uh, so but it's like dead. a couple towns. Yes. Okay. But it's and a, why, it's a couple why towns it over. From from where from where I lived, it's a couple towns over. That's why I read about it. Right. And what I'm curious, what's your hesitation in having? What what is the conversation, and what's your hesitation in having it? Uh, so I, I just showed my wife. I was like, I was like, check this out. Like I didn't, like I just showed her. You know, she's like, oh my gosh. And then when she starts to ask me questions, I'm like, I just wanted to show you. <laughs> like I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like I don't want to. Cause I'm, cause I believe in law of attraction. I believe in manifestation and I'm so afraid that if I talked about that, that it might happen to my kids, which is I don't, kind of selfish, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to bring no bad juju on my kids at all. Like, you know, I just, I don't think I'm emotionally equipped to bury one of my children, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not in that, I'm not in that position. I know people who have lost children and it is devastating. And, uh, especially around this time of year. So there are conversations, you know, like I don't mind a religious conversation. Um, I don't mind certain others, but like LGBT, like I'd rather not have that conversation. Uh, Abortion, I'd rather not have that conversation. Uh, Those are polarizing topics. Yeah, well, you know, there's a reason they're called tough conversations because there's something about it (laughs) that we'd rather avoid. The thing is, what we need to do for each conversation is assess the profit. With every conversation, there's potential upside gain, and then there's potential downside cost. And we need to assess the profit. The thing is, we're not very good at it. Our assessment is skewed. When we consider a conversation, like let's say the, the LGBTQ, I don't even know if I'm getting those letters right. But right. when you look at that, the mind will show you all the bad stuff, like oh, that could be awkward, and hey, maybe that's going to bring bad juju and maybe that's going to attract the very thing I don't want to have happen, whatever it is. But the mind isn't, doesn't seem to be very good at assessing the upside. Like, Oh, I might feel more connected with the person Uh, or uh, I might, um, they might get some valuable knowledge, which can change their behavior over the next 50 years or whatever it is. Now, some, you know, maybe one in 10 times I'll look at the assessment and I'll go, no, I'm not going to do it. For example, I was in uh, Bali and I was renting a villa and then I sublet part of the villa to somebody else and that's illegal. You can't do that. Oh, Most countries don't care. 
but in Bali they care and um, uh, someone came to my door and said, you're wanted for an interview tomorrow morning in the big city. And I did some oh, quick wow. research. Uh, you know, I thought the, the gain would be, all right, I get to clear this up. Um, I get to, you know, pay whatever I need to pay and maybe this will all be cleared or I could be deported, but at least I'll have integrity. You know, that's the upside. But I found out the, the downside, the cost to it was I was risking jail. Oh, my gosh. They could actually – they would jail me while I'm awaiting a hearing, and there was no guarantee the hearing was going to come anytime soon, and I might have to negotiate a bribe from within jail. So I decided that was a conversation I didn't want to have because the costs seem higher than the potential gain. But wow. if I – you know, again, I'm not a parent, but if I imagine talking to my child about LGBTQ, um, I, I just – I might decide, all right, downside is I'm going to feel awkward. Upside might be that uh, my kid's going to be prepped so that when he meets someone right. who's different, um, my kid's going to know what that's like. My kid can, um, you know, maybe make some decisions for themselves or understand if they have weird feelings come up and know they can talk to mm -hmm. me about it. I've actually got a worksheet. If you like, we can, um, you've, you've already given people the, the website, playforreal.life. Any listeners can download the worksheet and the blueprint for a tough conversation, and it'll help you assess the profit. And you might decide, all right, there's no profit in that. I'm not going to do it and bring it up with this person. Or you know what? This is, this is time to screw up my courage and, and go and do it because the upside looks greater than the downside. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. Uh, what I want to briefly get into in our remaining time together, we've got about 10 minutes left. What I want to do is I want to talk about a transformational moment that changed your life and put you on the path to what you're doing today. I was giving someone a ride home or no, she was giving me a ride home from this personal growth course. And we sat in the car with the engine running, just talking for a little bit before I got out and went up to my apartment. And she just told me a, a bit more about her life. And she revealed that 10 years earlier, her husband had an affair. And for 10 years, she'd been holding that over his head and using that to shame and manipulate him mm. and control him. And then she tells me that 10 years earlier, she also had an affair around the she same did? time that, yeah, she did, but oh she never gosh. told him that part of it. So not only is she, is she shaming him for, for something, but she's too scared to tell him that she did the same thing and they're actually on an equal footing. Uh... And I, watched, I, I got the chance to coach her sitting there in that car and help her explore what that tough conversation might look like and what the upside could be out of coming clean after 10 years of lying and to watch her face as she, tears are streaming through her eyes but I saw the inspiration hit and I saw her screw up her courage and knowing that she was going to go and confess was such a trip for me and she went and told him about it and came back to our course and got up on stage and reported to everybody that the two of them felt like they were floating six feet above the ground the whole weekend, fully in love. 
And wow. I was like, this coaching stuff is amazing. I want to help people tap into their courage, take a risk so they can fully live. That is incredible. I would, I'm immediately, as you're telling the story, I'm immediately like, oh man, he's going to flip out. Oh man, he's going to lose it. Yeah. Because I mean, at that's first, what she's she like, risking. what? You've been so, lying to me. Wait, you did the set. Oh, hell no. And, and like a flip. I was immediately like, oh man, this is going to, this is not going to end well. Yeah. Well, that's what she's, she's risking. Um, in fact, I, when I was 18, I, my, I had my first real relationship and I was stupid enough to cheat on my partner. And the next day I had that tough conversation and told her what had happened and I felt terrible. And just as she was, just as you know, this woman that I coached, I was risking losing the relationship. Yeah. Now, some people would say, no, I'm not going to tell them because it's just going to upset them, which really annoys me. Or I won't tell them because I want to preserve the relationship and, you know, I'm going to lose my partner. Well, I figure if you don't tell them, you've lost them anyway. Because they're, they're now with someone who's pretending and you don't have a real relationship. That's my opinion. And again, I'm biased. But, and she did break up with me. But um, yeah. just because it goes badly doesn't mean that that's wrong. And it doesn't mean that it's over. I, I ended up... Uh, dressing, I rented a tuxedo or borrowed one, bought a dozen roses and got on a train for six hours and went up to her parents' house where she was staying and apologized and told her that she could count on me that that would never happen again in my life. And, uh, and we ended up getting married. What? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, um, uh, we, we, we're no longer married. We, you know, we weren't married for very long, but she's still one of my dear oh. friends. And last year, I went and stayed with her and her new husband and uh, and their six year old kid. It was extraordinary. So what? I, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Talk about the comfortability of that yeah. relationship. Well, I, wow. you know, I've always been honest with her, and that's one of the things – this is one of the benefits of having these tough conversations and telling the truth and taking your lumps up front is that people will trust you more. My, I, I had a partner once who um, found a pair of panties in my, in my closet, and she said, how did these get here? And i got to tell you, Sean, I had no idea. I was really like, What? I had no idea how they got there and I just told her that we had an agreement that I could make out with someone, but no sex. That was our agreement right. at the time. And I said, I had a date. She was here, but I'm sure her pants were on. I got to tell you, I got no idea how that happened. And she went, all right, good enough. And a friend said, how can you possibly trust him? Which is okay. fair enough, right? In our society, how do you trust someone? You find panties in the closet. And she said, right. believe me, if there was anything to say, he would tell me because I'd done it so many times. I just tell her the truth when, they, when, I, when I know it. So this stuff pays off. People can actually trust yeah. you because they know you're willing to go there. I can't wait to let my wife know that I'm going to stay at the next girlfriend's house next time I go home to Michigan. <laughs> I, I'm going to smuggle some panties <laughs> into your closet just so you get that opportunity. Right. 
Man, I'd get punched in the throat. My wife is a four nine Puerto Rican. She will punch me in the throat if she finds a <laughs> underwear. That's a tough a conversation you don't want to have. <laughs> no, no. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Dang, man. Wow. Uh, so as we start to close the show, uh, I want to give you an opportunity. If somebody wanted to coach with you, if somebody's having a hard time, you know, and they have to have a a, a tough conversation. Uh, what does that look like? You know, how, how does that, how does that take place? How do they get in contact with you? Uh, what's the yeah, process like? You. Yeah. And you don't even have to be having a hard time. I used to work with people who are struggling a lot. And now I tend to work with people whose life is going pretty well. Their work's going well. They just want to up level. So if you want life and work or your business to be better, I tend to work well with both. If you want just one, we'll go and get a business coach or a life coach. But I, I, I tend to work with both. Go to playforreal.life and take, in the, the, uh, take the five-minute five assessment and you can request a discovery session with me. And if you qualify, I won't charge you for it. It's how I find the right people to work with long-term. And uh, if it feels right, we'll talk about long-term coaching. And um, if it's not right for us to work together, I might have some other suggestions that you can, you can try out. And also, I'm the proud father of a baby podcast called Tough Conversations with David Wood. So if you want to listen to me, as well as the amazing Sean Douglas, you can click on podcast at playforreal.life and subscribe. That's, you know, I'm so effing excited that you said that. Because the whole time I was sitting here, in the back of my mind, I have, I have weird conversations with myself, especially in the shower. Amazing. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I hope this guy has a podcast called Tough Conversations. Like I, like I really do this, you know, this is in my prediction in the next five years is the whole podcast of asking a bunch of questions and interviewing somebody and not giving any feedback and not having a conversation like we did today. That's done. That's over with anybody listening right now. If, if you listen to this episode and you are tired of the, uh, 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 from the host and not giving feedback, it ain't going to be much longer till those shows are done and gone and you have to step your game up and conversations that are transforming conversation, real tough conversations are going to start happening on podcasts. I promise you this is, I don't know how many episodes you're in, but this is where podcasts are going. I know it. I can feel it. Well, I got, I got 12 episodes so far and I'm enjoying it. Love it. I love, I love getting this content out. So, um, Man, thanks for the thanks for the interview. This is uh, we got into some really great content. Yeah, absolutely. Who's your who are you hosting through for your podcast? I host with Libsyn. Libsyn, yes, love Libsyn. Libsyn's absolutely amazing. Um, shout out Rob Walsh and uh, Rob Greenlee. Those two guys, the the Robs, are uh, VPs over at Libsyn, and they're absolutely incredible friends of mine. And, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys. I've, I've spoken at a couple, uh, podcast events and Rob Walsh just gets on stage and lays it down, man. The guy is super smart and, uh, Libsyn is a great hosting platform. So, uh, David, we always end the show with one takeaway. What is the takeaway? If nobody listens to anything that we talked about, except for this one thing that you're going to say right now, what is the takeaway for our audience? The tough conversations we avoid are our doorways to confidence, success, and love. And the tough conversations we have become the defining moments 
which shape our careers, our relationships, and our lives. So get out a sheet of paper, write down the name of anyone you don't feel wonderful with, and then just write down next to it what the issue is. You don't have to have the conversation, but you can just begin your awareness of it, and maybe you'll pick a couple of the easier ones to cut your teeth on and build up to the bigger ones. Love it. I absolutely love that. I love that you said that they are the doorways to confidence, success, and love. Absolutely incredible. David, it has been an absolute honor to host you on Life Transformation Radio, the last episode of Season 3 of 2019. No better way to spend it with you, my friend. I wish you the best in 2020 and years ahead. Thanks, mate. You too. Life Transformation Radio listeners, an amazing guest impacting the world around him. Subscribe to his show, Tough Conversations with David Wood. It is available anywhere that you listen to podcasts and also subscribe to Life Transformation Radio. As I close, I always say, live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart. And I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live a great life.